Angels, we have heard on high that it's the Christmas episode. It is the Christmas episode. You might notice, if you're a regular listener, follower, adherent of the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. I am solo tonight, and I had said, and we had talked, about having none other than Mr. Ben Johnson on the show tonight. Spoilers, and if you're here for Ben, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, Ben, some of you will know, is recovering from COVID. He's had the vids. Uh, He's doing a lot better back at home, which is good for him. But uh, messaged me today and said, I'm just wrecked. He is exhausted. He is probably asleep right now. So we wish Ben well and fast healing. I know it really knocked the crap out of me when I got COVID in that first wave. Uh, Some of you will remember that. But uh, we do hope Ben is feeling better and awake and alive for uh, Christmas. He has little kids. It's taxing. So he needs his energy. Anyway, uh, Ben, sorry you couldn't join us. Sorry to everybody if you were looking forward to Ben. Uh, But the good news is, I'm still here, and I'm ready for some Christmassy extravaganza-y. You know, I was going to wear a goofy hat, forgot to do that. I have these little uh, Christmas lights, necklace, should have put that on, didn't do that either. To be honest with you, uh, I was actually (laughs) glad when... uh, when Ben canceled because I hadn't done any prep work and I was going to feel real bad if I had to kind of wing it with him. Um, I was getting ready to do some trivia research while I was waiting for my physio appointment to start tonight, but I digress. I do have a cool bottle of beer I'm going to open. The other thing, it's actually late already. It's like 9.20, a bit late starting, because uh, I finally managed to push out the the most recent issue of Spent Grains tonight. Wanted it to be ready at the weekend. It was very close, but not quite there. And then Christmassy goodness and watching movies with the kids, and having a couple of beers myself last night, and it just didn't get done. But I got it out today. So, before we open that beer, just a reminder, if you like reading interesting, fun, cool things, if you like beer, if you like zines, if you like any or all of those, check out Spent Grains Zine on Insta. All one word, S-P-E-N-T-G-R-A-I-N-S-Z. I-N-E. Both the uh, print and web editions available now. Web designed to view on your device, be it a phone, a tablet, even a computer screen. Uh, Print one. These are the print spreads. They're designed to be printed uh, double-sided on any conventional printer. They are designed with toner conservation in mind. So the hope is if you're a brewery or a bar or something beer related bossa nova i'm looking at you toronto brewing short finger brewing you're both mentioned in those pages if you want to print some of them out leave them around the old beer factory or whatever it is you run uh, i sure would be appreciative anyway on with the beer for tonight uh because it's a christmas special i bought a special bottle of beer and it's in a box. If I'd really been thinking, I would have put a, a, a bow on it, but I didn't. 
but that's okay. What do we got here? If you're not watching, if you're just listening to the podcast, this is a box containing. Can you hear my daughter in the background, by the way? No decorum when it comes to recording live stuff. Uh, this is a box containing none other than Kentucky Bastard Imperial Stout from Nickelbrook Brewing. Also, a brewery mentioned in the most recent Spent Grains. Hey, Rob. Um, like I said, no bow, but uh, I'm going to open the box like it's a present. It wasn't. I paid for it. I mean, I pay for a lot of presents. Ooh, it's waxed. Oh, you know how we feel about uh, waxed bottles. Look at that beauty. Woo-wee. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, they're waxing. It's not quite as thick as the uh, Amsterdam Tempest. You can see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of the cap uh, just, just about poking through the wax. They have uh, instructions on the inside of the box lid here. Uh, how to open a wax-sealed bottle. Step one. Soften wax seal by running waxed end under warm water. Interesting. Step two, with a knife, cut a line into the wax around the bottom of the cap. Good advice. Step three, using a bottle opener, hook front lip into cut and press down to remove cap. Oh, they're doing it like the other way. Hmm, that's an interesting um, way. As uh, demonstrated um, a couple weeks ago with... Uh, Tempest, I think I can just do it my way. And more, much more than this, I did it. Hang on. Oh, this is embarrassing. My way. My way, the embarrassing way. Got it. Didn't make a dramatic sound, but I got it. That is open. Ooh, a little mist came out of the top. Gosh, I like a good wax bottle. What do we know about this? I know a lot. What do you know about it? It's an Imperial Stout from Nickel Brook. Uh, Kentucky Bastard. Okay, yeah, I do remember. I'm just piecing all the bits together in this one. This is, I'm excited about this. Uh, Imperial Stout in a beautiful... Uh, tulip glass. This, in terms of color, it's black. Black and opaque. Black, like the night sky. Uh, head, light khaki. Giving it a swirl. If you see on the camera, yeah. Looks a little orangier almost on the YouTube camera, but it's a, uh, we'll call that tan, light khaki. Jordan St. John says, woo, black and opaque. Whew. Darn right, Jordan. All right, on the nose, what do we get? <laughs> Bourbon. <laughs> Bourbon and oak. Just in case you didn't know, this is aged in bourbon barrels. It's interesting um, what you would expect from a, a, an imperial stout. It's a, a ton of dark charred malt. Uh, not touching on too much of that acridity note that you sometimes get, but definitely burnt sugar for sure. Yeah, like a host of dark roasted malts, maybe a bit of coffee. Did I mention bourbon barrel? Definitely bourbon. Ah. <sighs> 
Yeah, like toffee. Everything that you think you're going to smell in an Imperial Stout, more or less, is there. Not getting a ton of chocolate on the nose now that I think about it, having just said everything. Maybe not everything, but some things. Alright, I'm going to go straight to the palate here. I, I can't wait around. Mmm. 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 Oh, yeah. Hang on, if I may. Mm-hmm. Mm. Golly. Huh. That is good. Uh, okay. On, uh, on the tongue, on the palate, in my mouth, in my face, in my drink hole. Okay. So, I don't know where to begin with this. It does a lot of things. There's a lot of things happening here. Uh, right away, there's some booze and some bourbon. So we're off to an amazing start. Um, it's funny. There's a bourbony hit, but it's less oaky and barrelly than the, the aroma would have led one to believe, one being me. Uh, so that happens. But then right away, as soon as that kind of registers, um, yeah, burnt sugar, sort of like creme brulee. Uh, a very pronounced um, spicy quality. Uh, we're we're looking at like maybe like allspice. Almost more medicinally, actually. The more that I think about it, sort of like uh, an old timey root beer, maybe. Uh, I, the body. It, it's so. What's crazy and part of what's tripping me up here. It's it's heavy bodied. And I'm intellectually, I'm aware of the fact that it's quite sweet. Like, I bet if if you dripped a bit on on the on the desk here and it dried, um, it would be it would be sticky because it's sugary. Uh, Jordan says sarsaparilla, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like old timey, not evergreen or not, um, not evergreen. What, 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 uh, wintergreen. There's no wintergreen to this root beer, but yeah, sarsaparilla for sure. Um, some of those other woody spices. Um, definitely, definitely as saying sweet, like high sugar content, but wildly, it doesn't taste sweet. If that makes sense, it feels sweet. And I know that it is sweet, but there's booze and bourbon and burnt sugar and a bunch of things that in of themselves. Okay. I realize burnt sugar is sugar back off kids. It's, um, it doesn't drink cloying. It has the weight that it could be almost syrupy, but it doesn't drink that way. Um, typically a beer of that weight one of the first things that is evident is, oh, this is very sweet, which even in the realm of Imperial Stout, that's fine. Um, Imperial Stouts tend to have quite generous hopping to uh, to offset it. Um, but it's not uncommon that you get a very sugary uh, sweetness to them. This one has that body and it's definitely in there, but it doesn't drink sweet. It's not brown sugary, for instance, which is something you can get a bit of molassesiness. Mm. 
Yeah. Not particularly smoky. I mean, there's some char to the malts, but it's not a smoky uh, tasting imperial stout. Actually, I, I get some coffee, which it's like roasted coffee. So again, maybe not quite smoky, but we're still playing with those darkly roasted malts. And yeah, the, the bourbon, the bourbon's kind of crazy because... You wouldn't forget that it's there, but there's so much other things happening with the beer that so the bourbon's vanilla-y, there's a bit of an oaky quality to it. There's a bit of it's interesting because there's a bit of heat and I, I assume part of that at least is the beer because it's I'm, it's high whatever percent it is. It's uh it's uh well, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's got to be on here somewhere. Oh, yeah, 11.9%. As per our discussion when we did uh, Double Tempest, 11.9%. Um, some of that heat undoubtedly is coming from the actual alcohol in the beer, but the bourbon has a nice kind of bourbon-y. Um, it's not quite a burn. That That isn't quite the right association in your mind. I don't want you to think it's like aggressive, but there's a real warming quality to it. But it's been done with... Um, a, a, a cautious hand uh, bourbon barrels can only get used once uh, to make bourbon and then they get used for other things sometimes uh, doing beer but one of the knock-on effects of that is that it can be dominant if you're not careful um, this one it's just a nice supporting uh, flavor component to what's a solid uh, imperial stout let me have another sip I think the most interesting thing for me is, is that it's not chocolatey at all, which I really like. There's maybe a bit of, maybe a bit of cocoa to it, but you really have to go looking for that. It's not like an aggressively chocolatey Imperial Stout. It's really much more, yeah, burnt sugar and, and coffee, vanilla from the bourbon, root beer sarsaparilla if you prefer uh jordan wants to know do they still make the basic version of the stout don't know and was going to talk about that um partially because of where the name comes from interesting one would imagine they must unless they take it all and put it in barrels it's possible um but i actually this is just a discussion between me and jordan right now i am gonna guess that they do make it the, the original Bolshevik bastard, if for no other reason to have unbarreled versions to blend, because I'm willing to bet this wasn't, they didn't just draw this out of the barrel and be like, aces, we're done. I'm willing to bet part of the reason why the bourbon isn't so dominant is because this has been blended down a little bit with unbarreled um, stout. I could be wrong about that. That's just a guess. It might just be that Ryan and his crew nailed the aging time on the barrel like that. Maybe they were tasting it every day for the better part of six months and it hit the point and they said it's go time and they, they racked it off. But my suspicion is it's been blended back down a little bit just to control. Um, because again, bourbon barrels can be aggressive. Um, and this is not, this is very nice. 
Hmm. Trying to work out what the hopping is, is doing here. So again, there's clearly a, at least a, a notable uh, hopping. Some of that root beer quality, I think, is coming from the hops. I'm not sure necessarily what they used. Um, uh, again, thinking in terms of the, the homegrown saison from last week, I don't think this is New World necessarily, or it's not showing that way anyway. It, uh, it It's... Um, I think that's where some of the spicing is coming from. Could be, yeah, again, like a golden hop, maybe, maybe. Um, not entirely sure. That that's an interesting. There's a lot of information on the packaging that I haven't read yet, so I might uh, I might take a peek in a minute. But I was trying to unpack that a little bit because again, it does a really good job of of leaving some astringency, some dryness, on what is admittedly a very sweet beer um giving it a real nice balance in a way um balance isn't necessarily something you typically would have uh, ascribed to a, an imperial stout but insofar as an imperial stout is balanced this one's quite well balanced yeah i keep looking for a sugary sweetness because my brain wants there to be. And again, I get like burnt sugar, but there isn't like a thick cane sugary kind of sweet quality to it. And also again, maybe a bit of cocoa, not a lot of chocolate, coffee and burnt sugar. Man, this one's hard to articulate because I keep saying it's not smoky, but it tastes of coffee and burnt sugar, both of which are smoky, but it doesn't have like a smoke taste to it. Also, bourbon barrels notoriously are freshly charred right before they're used. They tend to carry a lot of smoke with them uh, as well. But I, I'm not knocked over the head with smoke on this beer. Um, it's interesting. Oh, um, hang on a sec. What's the word I'm looking for? What is that spice? Why am I blanking on what spice it is? It's black. It tastes like slightly minty, piney, smoky. Uh, I'm blanking on what the... I can see the jar in my spice cupboard. Star anise, Jordan. Good guess. Not star anise. It's actually not... There's maybe a hint of anisette to it. Um... You know what? I bet I can find this using loose terms on Google. Spice, black. Okay, well, not not a great start. Um, nope, I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> uh, this isn't going very well. Um, yeah, my brain's not working very well right now. Mm. Yeah. The anisette quality that is in there, it's not quite as um, 
there's a real, um, I don't know how to describe this. The way my brain wants to say it is like a wet licorice-iness to star anise. This would be more almost like, it's more herbaceous, more like a fennel seed. Um, still trying to remember the name of that dang spice. Um, and yeah, what other spices? There's a bit of a peppery quality to it, which kind of ties in with that. Mm. I think it's black cardamom. Black card. Black cardamom. Is that what we're looking for? Yeah, black cardamom. Yeah. Also known as Bengal cardamom, Indian cardamom, Nepalese cardamom. And it is dried over an open fire, which gives it a smoky aroma. Beneath that are notes of resin and camphor. Mm. It's used um, in, in, well, smoky, uh, smoky foods. Um, there's a bit of menthol or slightly minty aromas. I think the best... Um, description I ever heard of it was Alton Brown described it as what it would taste like if somebody exposed or uh, exposed, no, um, extinguished a menthol cigarette in a cup of stale coffee. <laughs> That's what this has got. Uh, so there's a slightly minty, slightly licorice uh, quality, smoky, um, uh, with coffee. That's, I think, what we're going to go with. Black cardamom. Jordan says nigella seeds. Is that another name for it? Might be. I don't know. You should check it out. Hard to find. Uh, you, you, hey, if you want to find it, I'll tell you where you go. You go to Lawrence of Arabia. That's where you're going to go. Warden and Lawrence and Scarborough. But uh, black cardamom. Not, not prevalent. It's not a major flavor, but that's the spice quality, I think, uh, is black cardamom. And what did we say? Bourbon, vanilla, for sure. Maybe even a little leathery. It's warming up a little bit now. Um, oh, that's interesting, actually. With a bit of warmth now on the nose, it's really kind of lighting up. It's just the, the, the char on the smoke's coming through more clearly. Mm. And it's boozier. It's definitely boozier. Yeah, bit of leather. And I, and I do think whatever the hops are, are, are adding some spice and some earthy kind of qualities to it. There's, um, again, with that leather, yeah, it's not funky, but a bit of an earthy quality. I'm going to go to the, the box. I think, I think, oh, uh, finish long, uh, burnt sugar, <laughs> uh, not aggressively hoppy. Sometimes that can happen with uh, with uh, w with an imperial stout. Uh, it can be quite hoppy. Oh, hey, Toronto Brewing BTL. Um, but this one isn't. But it's got a long, lingering finish to it. It's not a quick, clean finish at all. And again, some of that uh, burnt sugar and, and some of that spicy quality. Mm -mm 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 -mm. What does the box say? Well, I mean, I'm an old man, and this 
writing was not made for old men. It's interesting that they say palatable aromas of dark fruit. Hmm. I don't get a ton of that. You could maybe sell me on like a raisin equality. I'd buy that. Uh, toasted oak are married to flavors of rich chocolate. Disagree. And molasses. Yeah, I can buy that. But again, it's not super sugary. It really to me is more burnt sugar. I think one year spent maturing in Kentucky bourbon barrels, making this decadent imperial stout finish smooth with warming alcohol. Well, I can agree with both of those statements. Does not say what the hops are, just that there are some. There is demerara sugar in there. Hmm. Contains oats, barley, and wheat. Does the bottle give us anything else? It does not. Same information on the bottle. Oh, wait, no, hang on. Brewer's Elements. Well, there we go, kids. Uh, the hops are German Magnum, Centennial, and Nugget. The Nugget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ascribe a whole lot of things to that Nugget. And to some extent, the German Magnum, too. Although I think normally when they list them in that order, that's sort of the order that they were added. It's certainly not alphabetical. Wow, and it was made with uh, California ale yeast. Pale ale, chocolate malt, dark chocolate malt, roasted barley, carafa special three. That's where a lot of that burnt sugar is coming from, kids. Carafa special three is the uh, uh, creme brulee barley, if you ask me. Chocolate wheat, flaked wheat, flaked oats. All this chocolate malt's making me wonder if I'm crazy. Hmm. That's interesting. I just poured out the rest of the bottle into the glass. And it's made with a California ale yeast. I don't think we have a lot of, um, like, yeast settling out necessarily. But I'm wondering... Oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. I was storing it outside and I righted it. I don't know. Anyway, still not super chocolatey to my mind. Cocoa-y I could buy. Not dark chocolate in my mind. Feels like it's actually getting a little bit smokier now. I wonder if that's... It might be building in my palate. Smoke is one of those things that can kind of build in your palate. To use the words I literally just used. Uh, oh, uh, Toronto Brewing BTL wants me to show the bottle again. This is the bottle of Kentucky Bastard from Nickelbrook. Note the beautiful wax. Very drippy wax, if you're listening to the podcast. It looks like, uh, I don't know, something, something gothic, something, I don't know, something. It's drippy. Uh, very cool bottle. And it is a, I believe, a 500 mil bottle. Yeah, 500 mil bottle clocking in at, uh, 11.9%. It's not a mean feat. Um, this is great. <sighs> this 
sometimes Imperial stouts like this, no worries trying to bring, sometimes Imperial stouts like this can drink a little bit almost into the realm of being like sort of carbonated, um, like a, like a, like a liqueur almost because at 12 ish percent, you're starting to get into the realm of, of very lightweight sugary liqueurs. This doesn't, this is still very much a beer. Um, it's a, a notably warming bourbon barrelly tasting beer, but it's a beer. Um, very warm, actually, the more than I spent time with it. Indeed. Yeah. Spicy. Leathery. Bourbony, for sure. A lot of vanilla. Really nice. Um, okay. Bit of a scatterbrained one. This one was a little challenging. I kind of wonder if I just sat here for the next hour, if I would keep coming up with new things to say about it. Here's something that it doesn't have. And it can be a bit of a problem with Imperial Stouts. If it's not well executed, um, there's no green pepper. Sometimes you get this planty, green peppery, leafy almost quality. Um, this does not have that, which is very positive. It, uh, it's just really well-made Imperial Stout that was really well-aged in bourbon barrels. Shows vanilla and bourbon, coffee for sure, burnt sugar. Again, I'd buy raisins in there. Molasses, not so much. It's more burnt sugar to me. Those spices, root beery or like black cardamomy. So a little bit of a minty quality almost to it um, and a resinous kind of quality, but not like um, IPA resinous. This is on the spice. It's not hoppy that way. Um, some of those spices, though, surely are coming from the hops, as discussed. Nugget and German um, Magnum, we said. And what was the other? Centennial? Centennial would just be for bittering, I think. Yeah, we said Centennial. Um Centennial, incidentally, New World Hop, for sure, but doesn't show any of those citrusy qualities, well, at least not that I can pick up. Um, and I'm not saying I'm amazing at this stuff, but I've done it before. Uh, really dense body, nice carbonation. Um, incidentally, it does mention that there are oats in there, and I'd believe that. Between the malt profile and that protein thing, really nice, dense body. But again, it's not like cloying. It's not like overly sweet. It just, it's really nice. Um, really solid beer. Lingering long finish of burnt sugar. Burnt sugar is the main takeaway in vanilla from the bourbon on my, uh, on the finish to my mind. Really nice stuff. Let me talk about food. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the beer and a bit of a story. And uh, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. We should do something Christmassy if it's the Christmas special. Although we've been going for 31 minutes. I don't know. Let me have a sip of beer and think about food. This is a beer. By the way, what I'm about to suggest is not a food. And I'm perfectly aware of that. This is a beer that would go really nicely with a cigar. 
obviously bourbon, vanilla, bit of oakiness, some leathery qualities, um, that burnt sugar. Um, I was going to say, not that I condone smoking. I don't condone smoking cigarettes, and I don't condone putting menthol cigarettes out in cups of coffee, but I do condone smoking cigars from time to time in moderation and in a responsible way. Probably not inside, depending on where you are. Maybe in the right place inside. But otherwise, smoke a cigar uh, and drink this while you do that. That would be very special. Uh, but if you do actually want to set your tooth to something, this is a very sweet body. Again, not super sweet to the, uh, <laughs> and just like mommy used to extinguish. Uh, not super sweet in the finish, but it's got a lot of weight to it. You could do some pretty, okay, and again, not something I'm going to eat, but if this is your game, um, you could do something pretty cool with like a properly dry aged cut of beef on this. Um, especially if you can get like an old piece of dry aged beef, it will be a bit cheesy and funky. You remember kids, I've told you, uh, funky cheeses go surprisingly well with Imperial stouts. And this one, would definitely go that way. Now, for a lot of people, funky, mangy, cheesy steak uh, <laughs> does not sound appealing. Uh, and if that's you, cool, me too. Uh, but I am aware that that is a thing, and I think that would work really well here. And you could go full Ron Swanson with this. Just a plate with, like, a cut of, like... 120 day aged beef grilled very gently. In fact, oh, hey, Jake, um, can I give you a hot tip? If you if you really, really are a cool kid, this is how you're going to cook your steak. If you're a steak eater and you're a cool kid, make notes. You're going to take your steak, whether that's a beautiful you know, multi-month dry-aged piece, or just a good piece of prime, uh, not prime rib, ribeye steak. Uh, don't bother with other steaks. Ribeyes are all you need. They're real good. Take that. Bone attached in a perfect world. Not, not so much with the dry-aged, with the fresh one. Dry-aged, you can remove the bone. We don't need that. But bone in if not. Um, take that. You're going to vacuum seal that. Uh, do you not have a vacuum sealer? You're going to need one. Your butcher can do this for you. Uh, they can vacuum seal that. Now you're going to take that. Now, a lot of people these days have uh, uh, like a crock pot or an instant pot or even an ANOVA for uh, sous vide cooking. This is what you want to do. You, you want to bring that steak up to uh, rare internal temperature in a water bath in a bag very slowly, like over the span of a few hours. Okay, so this vacuum sealed bag of beef in some sort of gently warmed water uh, container, ideally, and Anova is perfect because it'll it's got a thermostat built in. Um, 
your instant pot, I think, can do this. Depending on how good your crock pot is, you can figure this out. Um, bring it up to rare internal temperature by just letting it gently bathe in its vacuum sealed bag until it hits that that temperature when you're getting close uh, for one you're going to need a heavy exhaust fan um, because things are going to get smoky and no you're not going to do this outside on the barbecue don't be stupid you're going to get the heaviest cast iron pan you have and you are going to heat it until you can um, forge metal in it it has to be real hot like smoking hot no fooling smoking hot 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 scary hot the kind of hot that makes you wonder if you're making a terrible decision the other thing you're going to need is a uh, a plumbing torch and ideally you want the yellow cylinder which is the mps gas that stuff whoo you can nearly cut metal with the flame off of that thing. You want it to be hot. Okay? You with me? Here's what you're going to do. Pan is probably smoking the crap out of your kitchen. Beer needs to be poured. Plate needs to be ready. Piece of meat. Remove it from its bath. Shake off the vacuum bag. Cut it open. Remove... This is a now rare steak with no grill marks on it. It's just a rare steak. And you're going to drop it in the pan, let it sizzle for like literally less than 10 seconds, turn it, take your plumbing torch, and torch the ever-loving crap out of what is now a lightly charred top while the bottom chars. It will be in the pan for a total of less than 60 seconds. You will then remove it, set it on the plate, let it stand for not less than two minutes and not more than three, and then cut and consume. Does that sound like a lot of work? Yes, it does. Would it be a lot easier to just be a vegan and not eat meat ever? Definitely. But if you like steak and you want to have it with this beer, that's how I would do it. Oh, and salt and pepper. Did I mention salt and pepper? Don't put it in the bag. You're going to finish with a nice crack of black pepper and a quick little shake of uh, ideally a, a beautiful uh, pink sea salt. Or blue cheese. You could eat this, uh, eat some blue cheese with this. That'd be nice. Um, or you could just drink it the way it is. Uh, chocolates, yeah. Anything chocolate's going to go okay with this. Uh, especially a very dark, bitter chocolate. Real nice. Um, that's all we got. That was my gift to you, by the way, kids. That's how you sous vide a, uh, a steak into perfection. Have I ever done this before? Funny you should ask. No, you know why? Because I don't eat steak. <laughs> If any of you ever wants to come over to my house for a steak, I would make that for you. Except, let's be honest, I'm not having guests. It's COVID times. Uh, I'm going to have a sip of beer. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas. And then I'm going to wrap it up because it's getting late. It's already 10 and I haven't even started PSAing yet. Mm, and I've got some Maker's Mark bourbon I might have after this. No, more realistically, I'm going to drink tea. 
and go to bed. But I digress. Hey, it's almost the big day, the big C day, as some folks call it, Christmas day. Now, I've talked at length on the podcast. I've written about it in various places. Uh, There's a lot of cool, fun things you can do with beer uh, on Christmas Day to make a beery Christmas day. And I would encourage you to look up any of all of that stuff. Uh, you want a beer mimosa? You can do that. I think my original recommendation was was uh, Deus, a uh, beautiful Belgian beer. But, uh, you know, any uh, Saison works real well uh, in orange juice or grapefruit juice. Hot tip, IPAs work really well in grapefruit juice, too, for a mimosa. Just putting that out there. Uh, Most importantly, though, this year, with COVID and all, I don't know what... Christmas is now um, six days away. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what the world's going to look like in six days because things are changing fast. So, here is what I will say. If... You are in a position to spend some time safely with some loved ones over Christmas. Don't worry too much about what you're drinking. Just enjoy being with those people. If, on the other hand, you had really big plans and they've been ripped apart because of COVID yet again, know that I understand Um, that sucks. And I'm not going to counsel you to use alcohol to assuage those pains. But if you're not going to go out and do the thing with the people and the stuff, why not make a bit of a night of it for yourself and maybe the person you live with or the people you live with and get some fancy stuff. Grab one of these bottles. This is a spendy bottle. I don't even remember, but like it was over 10 bucks, I think. Get one of these. Grab a double Tempest. I think they still have some available at Amsterdam. Get some big bottles and open them together and just enjoy some time in. Uh, Watch a fun movie. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Do you have one? I do. Every Christmas Eve, we watch... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And then once the kids are in bed now, Eric and I try and watch Love Actually. And I tend to fall asleep because I'm an old man. But, you know, traditions like that are fun. But if you had plans and they've been impacted, they've been ruined, they've been removed, it's terrible. And, and, hey, you know, (laughs) we feel it. Uh, uh, Everyone's feeling it in different ways. But this is... Uh, It's going to be another tough year, Um, but do your best to make the best of it and consider perhaps a uh, Kentucky bastard from Nickelbrook Brewing. This was a LCBO buy, by the way. You can get this at the LCBO. Uh, You know what else is nice? Wine. You can have some nice wine over Christmas. You can have some nice juice. Have a nice meal. Uh, You remember how I just told you to make that steak? If you're stuck at home... Maybe it's the time to figure out how to sous vide yourself a steak and uh, and grill the crap out of it. No, you're not grilling it. Pardon me. You're frying it in a pan. In a pan. Uh, Whatever it is you're going to do, I hope. Regardless of global pandemics and canceled plans and restrictions and whatever else we're going to be dealing with in six days, that it's a really 
positive time. If you're of the faithful uh, variety, I pray that it will be a blessed uh, day, no matter whether you can join with your uh, faith group in person or are restricted and prevented. I know our church, we're doing it all on Zoom because we didn't have to. That's the thing that's crazy. Government let churches stay open because the government lacks teeth. But thankfully, uh, a lot of faith groups are saying it's just not safe and they're pulling the plug. Um, And that sucks. A lot of people were excited about that, but... However, you're going to commemorate it. Uh, I do hope that it is a good one. If Christmas for you is just a uh, Hallmark holiday, uh, enjoy all those Hallmarky movies. Enjoy whatever it is about the day that uh, gives you joy. And uh, I am not going to talk at you in seven days. I suspect I'll be doing other things on the 27th. Um, If I happen to crop up in your feed, go on ahead and tune in. But I don't think I'm going to. And there's good odds I won't the week after that either. Might be looking at a three-week layoff here, kids. Oh, no, wait. I've made plans. I am. Next week, I have guests lined up. I almost forgot. Uh, I have to check my notes and make sure, but I'm pretty sure it's next week, not the New Year's. I'm pretty sure it's next week. I have friends who are starting their own podcast, and it's all about Japan. And I'm going to have them on my podcast to talk about their podcast, and we'll also drink some beers. And if you ever spent time at Godspeed Brewing, you might recognize them. Not going to say anything more. That's all we got. Hey, guys. I hope you have a very happy holidays, a very Merry Christmas, if that's what you celebrate. And yeah, join me back here in seven days for two really exciting guests who I'm actually just remembering now. I just set this up a couple of hours ago. Uh, very excited to welcome onto the pod. Uh, but until then, in the words of Tiny Tom, Tim, T- Tam, Tim, Tam, Tom, God bless us, everyone.